jambalaya and justice, personality and pokeballs, lingua and love, the Help Yourself Podcast, where in every episode, Brian and Nick invite you to help yourself to bite-sized philosophy. Welcome to Help Yourself, Food and Philosophy with Brian and Nick. I'm Nick. And I'm Brian. Fruit flies like a banana, time flies like an arrow, and I butchered that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I got that bass. All right, take no, two. <laughs> no, no take two. We're rolling with it. But speaking of bananas, Brian, what you eating? <laughs> fruit flies like a banana time flies like an arrow what okay i get it i get it <laughs> it's it's funnier now especially if you've heard the joke before right exactly <laughs> it's literally right. a new spin on an old joke right <laughs> that's what we do here we put new spins on old things <laughs> not necessarily good spins but new spins right <laughs> All right, what am I eating? I I had for lunch a uh, I went vegetarian today. So, I know Nick made yeah. a huge huge face at me. Like, face. "What? How are you going to get your protein in, Brian? You talk about protein all the time. What are you talking about?" Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually went to a uh a, a local coffee shop that does they don't do a lot of food there, mostly obviously mostly coffee drinks and other things like that, but they also do have a pretty good breakfast menu and they have a few things for lunch. Well, one of the things I really like that they have for lunch is a, um, it's a vegetarian wrap and inside it, it's, it's a whole wheat tortilla or wrap, if you will. And <clears throat> it has hummus <laughs> and spinach and some of these, um, marinated roasted red peppers and it also has some, did I say feta cheese? I don't Okay. So it has also has feta cheese in it. And <clears throat> honestly, I didn't, I, I do, I, I didn't know if I was going to like it the first time I tried it and I had it and it was so good. It was like, uh, just very flavorful and, uh, not very heavy also just because of the lack of meat, I would think in there, but it, uh, it is it, something that gives you a little bit of filling, you know, in your stomach and it doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't weigh you down or whatever. It's, it's sort of a light lunch. And, um, and so I had that and it comes with a potato salad that they make there. And so I had that It's a mayonnaise, mayonnaise based potato salad. Uh, I also or did order a, an iced chai latte. I'm channeling my Nick. Nick always gets some kind of coffee drink or something, but <laughs> iced chai latte that, and I had it made with oat milk. So have you tried oat milk at all? Yeah. All right. Um, I just love, oat, I love oat milk. It's, it's, uh, I mean, I wouldn't drink it straight, but every single time I get like a coffee drink or something like that to have, I don't, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily lactose intolerant, but I think if I just drank a bunch of milk, like regular milk with lactose in it, I think I probably would not have a good time with it. And I've had it, I've had that experience before where I've ordered a drink and thought I would be 
cool and be decadent and get like whole milk in it or something. And it just made my stomach upset. So, um, so I don't know, but, uh, the, the milk that we get for our kids is lactose free. Just, it just has the lactose taken out of it already. And so when I, whenever I have any of that, I wouldn't, I, I don't know, but I don't have the same problem when I eat ice cream for some reason, for some mysterious reason, my body can process ice cream. <laughs> I could, I could eat three pints and not I had, have any issues. I had a gallon last night. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I drank, uh, I drank the chai latte and then I ha- I'm, it's a Friday. So I'm having a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a treat, treat yourself day. So I, these were on sale at the, uh, I'm going to hold this up to the camera. So these, yeah, these were on sale at the market for a dollar and they're a 23 ounce can. So yeah, it looked like two cans stacked on top of each other. Yeah. It's a gigantic can. So it's called peace tea and I, I'm a big fan of Arnold Palmer's. So, uh, lemonade and unsweet iced tea. I do that quite often at restaurants and other things like that. I actually bought a recently, I bought a, uh, a mix that's, it comes in these little tubes that you can mix into a bottle. Um, that's actually only about 10 calories, but it's, uh, it doesn't have anything fake in it. It's like brown sugar and it's got some like powdered tea in it and it's got some powdered lemon extract or whatever the lemon powder is that you would use in like water to make lemon water or whatever. And, uh, it's about 10 calories per stick, but it tastes so good. And, uh, and it's nice to, it, it helps, helps to get a little bit of extra water in when you're, when you got something flavoring it just to, instead of drinking water all day long, you know? So, so anyway, I'm sipping on the, uh, the peace tea. It's a, uh, half tea, half lemonade mixture, and it, it does have, uh, calories in it. And it also has a whopping 4% juice. So, uh, so, I'm, <laughs> so, uh, so that's what I'll be sipping on while we're, while we're recording today, but enjoyable lunch, uh, that I had. And, uh, I want to know now what you're eating. Oh, okay. I'm going to take a secure circuitous route and start with my drink. I've managed to go since Monday. Four days at least, maybe five. Uh, five days, four or five days in a row without going to Starbucks. Wow. Yeah, for the longest time, basically since the pandemic, we'd been going on walks in the morning mm-hmm. and walking to our nearby Starbucks as a, quote, treat incentive for walking, right? And, and we're stuck with that. We're still walking um, and we're still getting Starbucks until recently. So now we're still walking, but we're not going to Starbucks. On a trial basis, Got it makes it. it easier to say no consistently <laughs> when when there's still the chance that you know, say maybe someday, but just just not for these thirty days or or whatever. Yeah. Um, and as a substitute, we're giving mud water a try, and that's M U D, yeah, M U D slash W T R. Okay, is supposedly a better alternative to coffee, uh, but more sustained energy. Uh, there's stuff you put in it, you know, you drink it hot or cold. You got to mix it hot, but I know there's some cinnamon in it, but there's other things too that escape me. Um, 
So it's, is it? So kinda, it has. Does it have coffee in it? No, no. I've never heard of this. It's light on caffeine. In fact, it. Let's see. I'm just doing super basic research here. Going to their website. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I don't think there's any caffeine in it. It's. It has cacao, masala chai, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, chaga or chaga, a cordyceps, reishi, okay. and lion's mane. So a lot, a lot of herbs. You know, a lot of different, I guess, extracts and things. But oh, it has one seventh the caffeine of coffee. So there, there is some okay. natural quote natural caffeine in there, but it's far less and it claims not to have so do you find that it scratches the itch yeah i don't say do you find it scratches the itch for you like for me yeah i don't know that i have a strong dependence on coffee like if i form the habit then it's nice to have it's tasty and all but this i really only started drinking it today um i had some backup coffee drinks in the fridge that I wanted to finish off before I swore off coffee. So yeah, I'll let you know how it goes. We'll, we'll report as we record what I think of it. Uh, it yeah. So, just, so where, where do you get that online? Like it's, it's more expensive than you, okay. people might want to pay for like normal coffee if they're going to brew it at home. But when our habit had previously been, you know, going to Starbucks every day, that's five to 10 bucks every day, 50 bucks a month for mud water. Now I was going to say that that's doable. Yeah. The expense of, uh, people don't realize that the expense of going to Starbucks, (laughs) you don't, you nickel and dime yourself, your budget out of, uh, out of commission. Totally. Yep. All right. And so, so what else? So you talked about the your drink. So what else are you yep. eating? I've got sweet potato, baked sweet potato with butter and cinnamon. Nice. And and you, I know you've you've seen it. It looks good. Yes. Uh, Brussels sprouts with salt, pepper, and a balsamic glaze. The Brussels sprouts are kind of soggy though, so they it reminds me of. What I used to not like about Brussels sprouts was that uh, they they taste they taste kind of like baby cabbage farts. Yeah, <laughs> and I think if you if you steam if you overcook them, that's when they start to smell. I don't know. I'm I'll see what I can find out. It, they're still good. I'm still gonna eat them. Yeah. I still like them. Just you know, Dory Dory like has it, yeah. better with Brussels sprouts. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like I like them when they when you cut them in half and bake them. Like you bake them on a, on you can, mm-hmm. and that way they don't come, they don't come out that, uh, sort of more moist, you know what I mean? Uh, consistency. Right. Soggy. Yeah. yeah. And then for my protein, I've got a cornishin. That's my best <laughs> off the cuff. All right. A cornishin. Cornishin. <laughs> and it's cracker. Uh, but yeah, there's butter and more salt and pepper, garlic and rosemary. There's one other spice that I can't quite recall. Wish I could manage it better. <laughs> oh, that's right. 
It's time. <laughs> time is on the the Cornish hen, and it and it is. Oh, I also have a bit of a cream cheese. I don't know if that's for my sweet potato or my Cornish hen or what, but oh, nice. I might just eat it plain. Cream cheese is good. Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah, but you know, I I don't know that Dory had enough time for this Cornish hen. There. <laughs> There's still plenty. There's still plenty of time, though. It's it's just not as much as she likes to put on there. <laughs> she, yeah, she uh, she definitely uh, was was looking to maybe squeeze some time out of the uh, day if possible. <laughs> <We're>, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm stopping myself. But there's more that's come to mind, and they're just worse. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because because when she's done with this, you know, time she'll put more time after time. It's, right. It's yeah. It's weird that they <laughs> say that time flies because that chicken certainly is not going to fly. <laughs> it's going to fly into my mouth <laughs> <laughs> like an arrow or a banana. <laughs> like a banana. <laughs> it's going to fly like banana flies with fruit and stuff. <laughs> That's 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 uh that's the example of me uh as as the people have heard that's that's me doing stand up comedy it's like <laughs> dude, <laughs> just com- completely butcher the joke and then be like idiot oh dang it <laughs> you know that is that is a shtick is to get them to laugh at you you know right it's, so long as they're laughing there's plenty of comedians that made millions of dollars oh exactly exactly making mistakes for cash before a lot right. of audience. So do you have time? You have time for me today? Yeah, I'll save some for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's right next to the rosemary. <laughs> right. Well, unfortunately, our topic is uh, not rosemary today. Oh, okay. Is it? Is it Arnold Palmer? Like all of, all of the fans named Arnold Palmer. I have to say it slow because I can't. Yeah, you that's need to email us because Brian likes Ar- he likes you. He See? likes Arnold Palmer's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard thing to say really fast. <laughs> so I'm glad Peace Tea is edging in. If if we can all start calling that Peace Tea, that that yeah. would be better. <laughs> it rolls off the tongue. In fact, yeah. So what what is our topic? Our topic today is time management, mm, and okay. we, we're going to be talking about just a couple of tools. We're just a couple of tools talking about just a couple of tools <laughs> <laughs> in time management. <laughs> no, I, I in the in the vein of having a self improvement podcast and helping people to maybe be more productive, learn about, uh, how to, how to sort of plod through life a little bit more efficiently. We decided today we were going to talk about a couple of different ways that you might be able to manage time. And, uh, and so we've got a couple of this resource. Exactly. It's the great equalizer, right? Time is no matter if you're rich or you're poor or anything else. In between, you can't buy more time, right? And also, the craziest thing is that we don't know how much time we have. 
Yeah. So I wonder if that's our, that's the lesson, right? Like if, if I look how I live my life and how others live their lives and the way we behave when there's a deadline that yeah. the known date versus no known deadline. Yeah. Like we really, really, really need to learn to achieve and be effective when there is not a deadline. And also the fact that it's called a deadline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, and it, it, I th- I think that um you know being able to being able to manage your time effectively is obviously important to everybody. It really doesn't matter what your age or stage. This is actually so pervasive in anybody's life. You know, I've got children who are in school and they have to know how to manage their time. In fact, one of the things that uh, my son's in his high school band and one of the things that they talk about is that being in the band actually helps them with time management skills because they have to be able to finish their schoolwork as well as plan time for rehearsals and practices. And then they have to have practice, you know, not only with the group, but by themselves. And, uh, and so be, having extra tasks on your agenda means you have to figure out a way to get all these tasks done in this finite amount of time. As we said, we, you know, everyone has got, everyone's got 24 hours in the day. I think some people try to cheat that they sleep less. They do, they work, wake up earlier. They go to bed later. They, uh, and I don't, and definitely in, in the American lifestyle, I think we have, we've almost integrated that into our lifestyle of trying to get up earlier to seize the day and to, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the night, you want to have a little bit of downtime. So even if it's things that are not important to, you know, moving your life forward, you still have to do things outside of work. Like you get done with work, you still have to do the dishes at home and you still have to, like you have dogs, we have pets, you got to take care of your dogs, you got to, or your, whatever pets you might have and, and you've got, you've got all these other things and you've got to get them, you've got to get them done. They're in some ways, sometimes it's, uh, I guess there are some people out there that have nobody or no thing or nothing, no thing or nothing either. Hey, uh, they're, uh, you know, Maybe that's where that word came from. What hey, wait that? a minute. We are on to something here <laughs> or we're on to nothing. Who knows? Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I had to, okay, I had Brian, to do that. <laughs> Well, let's manage your time. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so the the first uh, so the first tool that really we want to talk about is a tool that I I became aware of this probably about twenty years ago when I read Stephen Covey's um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He has a section in there that's about time management. Actually, really, his whole all seven habits are really about time management, but he has a specific tool that you can use in order to try to make sure that you are, um, you know, are, are dealing with things as they come in. Um, his, his example, he, he did a lot of professional development. So a lot of his examples were, Hey, you have a supervisor that's giving you all these tasks and you have to figure out how, which tasks am I going to do first? Which tasks do I can, can I put off to the side? Uh, he actually even gave an example of 
a supervisor coming in and saying, hey, I need you to do this other task. And you pull out this list of all the other tasks you had and you say, okay, which one do you want me to demote? I'll do that task. I don't have any problem with it. But which one of these do you want me to take off my list so that we can put the one that you want me to do on my list or we can bump it up in the priority list? So um, now I just learned this in the last week <laughs> that that was not Stephen Covey's original tool. So the tool that he did was called the four quadrants. Like he called it the four quadrants of time management. Right. And, and uh, I just assumed that it was sort of like when you hear somebody that does a modern remake of a song and you're like, wow, I really like that song. And then your you know, parent says, yeah, that, that song was out in 1950s. What are you talking about? You know? <laughs> um, so Stephen Covey's time management matrix was uh, actually, um, I, I don't know if it was created, but it was, it was brought to, you know, um, it was brought to the forefront by President Eisenhower, who used it to, and it's called the Eisenhower Matrix. And uh, Stephen Covey just used a version of that. So real quick, so what it is, is it's, it's if you can picture this in your head out there, you're listening, you've got four boxes uh, in a square. Okay. And you've got an upper left hand and upper right hand, lower left hand, lower right hand box, right? So the bottom row is non, not important. Uh, they're not, not important tasks. Okay. And I'll get to the categorizing of tasks, tasks in the middle, but in, in a minute, excuse me. So the upper row is important. So you've got important and not important on the rows and then the columns are urgent and not urgent. Okay. So not, not urgent is on the right. Not urgent is on the right and urgent is on the left. So if, if you have a task that is in your upper left-hand corner, that means it's important and it's urgent. And then same thing. If you have one in the upper right-hand corner, then you've got that's quadrant two. So quadrant one is the upper left-hand quadrant two is the upper right-hand, which is important, but it's not urgent. Right. Interesting. We'll want to then come back. Quadrant, what's that? We'll want to come back to that one. But yeah, yeah. So, and then the lower left hand is quadrant three. That one is not important, but it's urgent. And then the lower right hand quadrant, quadrant four, is not important and not urgent. Facebook. So that's the Facebook quadrant. Yeah. Well. <laughs> And un unfortunately, <laughs> well, unfortunately, a lot of the things that you like to do, a lot of the fun stuff that is really your pastimes and your other things that you do. And there's a reason why they're called pastimes, right? Because they pass the time Yeah, <laughs> that they aren't urgent and they're not important. If you dropped them tomorrow, nothing would happen in your life. You wouldn't lose your job. You wouldn't, you know, nothing you would, you wouldn't get a, a decrease in pay or anything like that. Nothing bad would happen. You would just feel a withdrawal of, uh, you know, sort of like, sort of like you go into Starbucks when you're on your walk, that's, that's not urgent and not important. <laughs> and as you've seen in the last week, you, you're able to not, you're able to not do that just by saying, Hey, I'm not going to do that. And yeah, nothing has changed walk, in your life. Yeah. Would, so the walk would be important, right? Right. Like that's health. It's my, for my health, both right. physique, but also getting some vitamin D, you know, sun, mm -hmm. it's good to get sunshine every day. Um, but is it, is that one urgent or, or not urgent? Is what urgent? Oh, walking. a walk? Well, um, 
it's not urgent because it doesn't have a deadline. So that's that's what I'll get into um, next here. So okay. so the 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 thing that um that they talk about with the uh, and I'll read. I've got an article here that talks about the different things. So the interesting thing about this these quadrants is the tool in and of itself doesn't help you. What you actually need to do is you need to actually sit down and have a list of all of your tasks or all the things that you need to get done or want to get done in a day. And uh, not necessarily, well, no, not necessarily that they have to be done in a day, but things that you're working on. So it could be a longer term task, but something that's on your list of things to get done. Right. And Mm -hmm. so the first thing is you got to list all those out and you have to list, do they have a deadline? And if they do have a deadline, what is that deadline? And in fact, if you listen to our last episode about taxes, uh, tax deadlines coming up here, they extended it in America. So that is an issue. If you haven't done your taxes, it has a deadline. You have to have it done by that day. Right. So is that important to get your taxes done? Yeah. So it's important. And the question is, in terms of whether it's urgent, um, the urgency obviously is somewhat determined by how, how soon that deadline is. Like if you're dead, if it's May 16th and your taxes are due tomorrow, then now that's going to be extremely urgent, obviously. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, it's the more urgent or well, the fewer days there are to complete the task, the more urgent it becomes. Right. The yeah. less time there is to complete right. the task. And they don't really talk about that with in this this tool. They don't really talk about the fact that there's a higher level of urgency. It's just urgent or not urgent. So, right. so it just it, it it helps determine which box it belongs in. Yes. Right? Now, and, and later you can further refine it, but Exactly. First is figure out the box. Yeah, so if you have 10 things in quadrant 1, which I hope you don't cuz quadrant 1 is is many times is they talk about those are the stressors in your life. So the more things you have in quadrant run, theoretically one, excuse me, the more things you have in quadrant one, the more stressed out you're going to be probably because all of these things are important and they're urgent. So, so there, the, the idea behind it is obviously, yeah, you'd still have to do that, but you, the idea is to try to get things out of quadrant one as, as, as much as you can, or as quickly as you can, if you will. Um, and yeah, and get, you know, not, not have things lingering in quadrant one, because the more things you have there, uh, you know, the more that I would think that like a trader on the New York stock exchange trade floor all day long is in quadrant one. And, and you've seen those guys, they're yelling and screaming and frantic, right? That's how I picture the inside of your brain. Yeah. Service personnel, like EMTs, firefighters, police, military. Those yeah. are important and urgent all day, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so anyway, um, so I have a little, little, uh, chart here of Stephen Covey's matrix and in quadrant run, he listen he lists quadrant one as crisis. <laughs> excuse say, me. Say Q1, Q1, Sorry. how about that? <laughs> Q1, quadrant one, quadrant one. Sibilance, sibilance. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, in Q1, he lists crises, pressing problems, and project with deadlines. 
So crises, yeah. you don't, you don't want, you don't want crises in your life all the time. <laughs> yeah. And you, and generally you only want one project with a deadline if, if you can help it. That's know? right. That's right. And then the, the interesting thing you were, t- you were talking about your walk. He, he lists in quad Q2, uh, that would be important and not, or not urgent. Uh, he lists, or at least in this breakdown, relationship building, planning, and recreation. So recreation, that walk is technically your recreation, right? Um, so even if, you know, that's, it's part of your, your, your ability to think more, you know, more clearly by, by exercising your body and doing right, things that's like that. That's why it's important. Right. Exactly. So, um, and then I'll just go through these two on in quadrant three, he, th- this one lists interruptions, some phone calls, some mail and some reports. So those would be not important, but urgent. So it just really depends upon like, like as an example, a phone call from your doctor might be urgent, but a phone call from a telemarketer is not going to be urgent. Right. Right. So one, one thing I've heard about quadrant three, the urgent and not important. Yeah. Is that's where a lot of, things from other people come in like basically other people's Q2 items when they come into your matrix they usually land in Q3 they usually what what's important and urgent to you you know like mm-hmm. a, a lack of planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part well sometimes it does so if it's important and urgent to you you're going to try to get help oh wait I'm mixing it up sorry Q1 is important and urgent yes. so in, in quadrant 1 if it's important and urgent to you, you just said that you're going to try to get things out of that box as much as you can. And one of those ways would be to delegate. Yeah. Right? Well, and that's one of the, you, yeah. So when, when you delegate something to somebody or get someone to do something for you, say to me, that's going to land in my quadrant three of urgent, but not important. Yeah. Um, or oftentimes it does because, you know, as much as I love you, Brian, I'm not going to care about something that's important to you as much as you're going to care. Well, and that's, you know, when you were talking about that, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting in my head. What I thought was there are certain people that in your life that are consistent with that. So like, for instance, if Dory has something that's important and urgent because of the type of relationship that you guys have, it probably, or it has a higher likelihood of being important and urgent to you as well. Agreed. But more, the more distant that you get with that, you're like, yeah, I know. I understand that's a quadrant one to you, but that's a quadrant three or four to me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, that's an interesting thing that I didn't really even realize um, until right now. Hey, <laughs> look at that. No, it's, it's funny that you say that. I'll, I'm going to hold this up. Oh, Yeah. Quadrant Delegate. three. I have a. Uh, I have a. I have two two breakdowns of the the uh, matrix here, and uh, one of them has delegate for quadrant three. Exactly what you just said, Nick. Is that those are those are things that you should delegate to other people. And uh, I guess if they're urgent, they have to be done soon, but they're not important. 
Yeah, and this should yeah. this should be important to you to or not important. I I I'm not, I don't want to use that term because it'll get confusing. This should be interesting to you because what the thing they say here on the little thing below that in the quadrant three is it says empower a team by assigning tasks in this quadrant, enable your team to do independent decision making. So yeah. you you say, hey, this is a it's not important, but it's urgent that we get this done. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm not going to tell you how to get to point from, or get from point A to point B, but we need to get to point B. Yep. And so here you go and report would, back to me. I would say in my line of work, that would be issues, um, where something, something our team has produced, yeah, uh, seems broken. Sometimes it's not broken, but there's the perception that it's not working as expected. Yeah. Um, those are urgent. Because we've told people, hey, this is something that's reliable. You know, this is a this is a Ferrari. You should be able to drive it and enjoy it. Yeah. And you got a flat tire. That that's an issue. That's that's urgent because we need to stand behind our claim. But to some extent, it's not important. Like it's not yeah. going to make or break the business. You know, it's so well, it's still a Ferrari. Be, it's 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 still right, a Ferrari. But, but we've already been paid for that Ferrari, figuratively yeah. speaking. You know, right? Uh, it's not it's not generating new sales. It's not going to move the bottom line, at least not immediately. Yeah. Um, so, but it's still urgent, right? You still have to do it. So right. that's where you well, delegate. So, to so the interesting thing on this, Ferrari. this other matrix that I have, it, it talks about, it has those wor- one, it has one word in each one of the boxes. So in, verb? yeah. Uh, yeah. I think these are verbs. I'm not good with grammar, man. Uh, <laughs> Action items. <laughs> Action items. Oh, okay. It's not a person, a place, or a thing. So I know it's not a noun. <laughs> anyway, um, so for for quadrant one, they have reduce, which basically is you need to reduce the time you spend in this quadrant. Exactly what I said a minute ago. Schedule or part your quadrant two. They say schedule, and so they they say one of the ways to reduce spending time in quadrant one is by working more time in quadrant two which I think is the, consistent with what Stephen Covey says as well, is try to try to spend your time in quadrant two and it keeps mm-hmm. things out of quadrant one. And right. so it says schedule those things. So it says it involves future planning through strategic thinking. It requires initiative, uh, spend far more time here is what they say. And then the last quadrant, that quadrant four, uh, it says declutter. And it says eliminate tasks that do not align with company's mission and goals. So we'll just, we'll say company's missions or, or, or personal mission and goals. Exactly. Yeah. Learn to say no to them. So, which I think actually we've talked about doing a podcast on how to say no effectively, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which, and, which and would fall into this no quadrant. The, and even saying no to your inner child, right? Like, but, yes, but I want to play video games. I want. And that's the, you know, it's funny because the coffee. thing, <laughs> The thing that I thought about with quadrant four is I was like, but everything in there is so fun. I just like my, my inner hedonist came out and I was like, but, but it's so fun to be not important and not urgent. Like, it's just, you just get to like kick back. It's relax. It's have a barbecue. It's, you know, not do anything. <laughs> it's, it's I watch movies on Netflix all day, you know? <laughs> right. And I think there's a fine line there between what's important and not important. Um, cause like if it's a barbecue, I mean, that's still important. Like we need social yeah. interaction. We, we're social yeah. creatures. 
I don't. I don't need any social like, interaction. But even binge watching Netflix, like there's very little redeemable in that other than mindless entertainment. Um, I guess if you're an aspiring writer and you're looking for ideas, maybe. The other thing I was thinking is, I mean, in some ways, I, you can find good and bad in everything, right? Oh, sure. So is it, is it serving your larger goal? Well, and that's the question is, I... It's like, are like, you watching like, Netflix because you have nothing else better to do on your mind? That well, no- if you go into if you go into Netflix and you watch documentaries, right? right. Uh, that might be it, it. May it may be something that helps mm-hmm. you, I guess, to you know to understand the world. It helps you to you know process things and it gives you it gives you insight into other people. Things like that. Yeah. It's not all YouTube, wasteful. Yeah, I think YouTube's even more of a gray area because yeah. there's so much content on there that's strictly educational, and there's well, so and much I, content on there that's strictly entertainment. You know that it, it's like I don't say it's a minefield, but it the the algorithm will learn what you like. So if yes. if you use YouTube for knowledge gaining or even knowledge sharing, then that's what it'll keep suggesting to you. But if you use it for entertainment, then that's what it's going to keep suggesting to you. It's like a second subconscious. I use it it as secondary Google because a lot of times if I'm doing something around the house or something else like that, Mm -hmm. I'll just, I'll go, I won't go to Google. I'll look because Google will give me YouTube videos. So I just go to YouTube and I do a search and say how to change the brakes on my car. Right. How to hammer a nail. Right. Exactly. How to hang a picture, right? 10 videos come up. (laughs) All all 37 minutes long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That would be a good, there you go. That would be a good, uh, a good YouTube channel is just overly complicated videos of very simple things. (laughs) Here's my, here's my 62 minute video on. (laughs) Some of them are like that. I would seriously, they, they make much ado about it. Well, sure. I found the opposite a little bit is or that they ramble like we're doing. Well, what I found the opposite sometimes where you'll look, you'll have, it's a five minute video and they're like, yeah. And you just do this and you do this and you're done. And then I go, cool. And then I do that same exact thing. And I'm like, this is like a two and a half hour project. <laughs> right. They did some masterful editing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, like, I there's usually 17 me, screws here. There's not two. What right. <laughs> so, well, so anyway, the, the, now that we know about the quadrants though, and just to, mm-hmm. to, to get the, the biggest thing with this, this tool, sorry, biggest thing with this tool is being able to take the tasks and categorize them because they've got to be categorized correctly in order for you to in order for the, this process to work. So, um, so here's, here's a list of, uh, or a, th- a part, a part of an article that I pulled that's how to use the Covey time management matrix or the Eisenhower matrix. So uh, I'm, I'm not going to read all of it, but it says number one is list all the tasks you need to complete. Uh, number two is make sure that you include deadlines for all those tasks. Mm-hmm. Okay. For, Wait, did I skip one? 
I went <laughs> number two, number number one, four, two, four. Skip three. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Step step eight is um sorry. Uh sorry about that. You said you were number, only gonna read part of it. <laughs> and number B is <laughs> Okay, so include deadlines. Number three is identify the most urgent tasks that you have. Number four, then you organize those tasks by importance. And uh, in, in essence, that's the sort of the meat and potatoes right that right there is you've yeah, got to figure they, out. They made that sound too easy. Well, yeah, and it, they don't really give you step. they don't really give you any insight as to how to organized by importance. It's just, this is just a flat out, you know, order your tasks according to their importance. That's what they say. And then it says, and then five is place the tasks in the correct quadrant. And then six is assess your productivity. So basically what that means is that's getting too hard far ahead. (laughs) Well, you just need to repeat the process daily and weekly. So you, you need to, basically it's what that is, is just maintaining and managing your list, your task list. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. And and seeing because things are going to become more, as we said before, things are going to become more urgent. Like if I sit on a job for a week, I go, I can't, I'm not going to get to that this week. And then next week I look at it, I'm a week closer to my deadline. Well, all of a sudden now that's going to have to bump up in the urgency list. Um, Hopefully it's not going to go into quadrant one, but if it, you know, if it does, then, uh, you know, now you've got a crisis or a crisis, I should say. So yeah, I think. I'm ready for some Q and A because I've tried to live by this Eisenhower matrix a time or two, yeah. and have found challenges. And I'm wondering if you can point me in a good direction. Um, one is I have way too many tasks, so yes. <laughs> it is it is laborious just once to go through everything and list all the things I want to do. Right. Um, and then basically to have to rewrite that into quadrants, right? Or mm-hmm. you know, so let's let's say, but let's just assume for the moment that I've listed everything, and I've put the date due next to the things that have due dates. Um, how do I know what's important? Like, like you, you know, you, we we sort of touched on it. How that article just yeah. said, order them in order of importance. Well. I, I've struggled with that so much in that, um, and I'm trying to think of like an example off the cuff. And I I don't know if, if there's like a series of questions you can ask yourself, like what would it do for me if I did this? Mm -hmm. What would it do for me if I never did this? Like what's, what's the bad that would happen if this doesn't happen? Yeah. You know, what, what's the bad outcome? Um, and yeah, I just, I don't know if you have any ideas on that for for somebody who feels somewhat aimless. You know, the thing that I was thinking when you were talking about that is I almost feel like you need to have multiple quadrants. I mean, excuse me, not multiple quadrants. Of course there's all, there are multiple (laughs) quadrants. I I feel like you have to need to have multiple matrices, matrix, matrix, matrices, matrices, matrices. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you have to have multiple matrices and them each be, um, you know, them each be a, uh, how, how am I, what am I trying to say for a different area of your life? 
So you're probably going to have a matrix that is just work-related projects. And then you're going to have a matrix that is, I don't know, personal projects or personal goals or things like that and tasks that go along with those goals. Uh, Mm. That that seems like that's going to be a lot cleaner and simpler to, to segregate them out. I think it's pretty easy when it comes to like work related goals, because usually there's a deadline associated with it. And so it's, it's, I got to get this much work done in this amount of time. And so it Mm -hmm. becomes, I guess that the crazy thing is that doesn't really talk about the importance of it. That's talking more about the urgency, right? Right. So I get the thing that I was going to say about the importance though, is I think importance is tied more to other people. And what I mean by that is you're as like you, you, you're working in a job uh, and you have a supervisor. And if you don't do something and your supervisor is unhappy about that, then I feel like that, that, or if you didn't do something and your supervisor would be unhappy about it, then that would be a very important task. Right. But that's still urgent. Like, like if it has, if I understand right, if it has a deadline, then it goes into the urgent bucket. Right. But I'm saying something that's not like, as an example, Mm. I'm trying to think of an example. Let's see. How about like office decorum? Right. Okay. <laughs> wow, you rolled your eyes at that one. <laughs> well, um, no, you're good. Con- continue. <laughs> you're like, I am not going to say anything. No, I, just, I, uh, I can't. I can't put words to the 15 things that flooded my head as soon as you said that. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess my point is, if if you're, uh, and, and this is just a working theory, so shoot sure, holes yeah. in it if you want. We're, we're trying ideas out. Yeah, my thought is that urgency is tied to a deadline. Urgency is tied to an actual time frame that you have. Whereas importance is tied to a less outcomes. Yeah, possibly where, where it's, it's also, also if it's a lot of times I'm trying to think of like something that's important to your boss is probably going to have to be important to you as well. Right. But, but in that you're talking about situations where things are important to my boss that don't have a deadline. Right. Like, like dressing a certain way when you walk, when you go to the office. That's just the deadline of every day. <laughs> well, no, I mean, yeah, you have to, well, I mean, are you saying you're going to get dressed after you walk into the office? <laughs> no, I mean that. <laughs> There's still a deadline, right? Like I know. My task is to dress appropriate for the workplace yeah. before I get to the workplace. The deadline is right. before I get to the workplace. Got it. I think like anything coming from my boss or anyone, anything from, I don't know, it, it's going to have a deadline. Um, it, whether it was stated or not is one thing. Yes. And there's kind of like a, you know, if they say jump, you ask how high. And really, it's kind of like saying by when. Yeah. You don't always get the by when. 
but there is an expectation if it just may not ever be stated that and that's stressful for sure yes um but even even if it's like completing a training you know or completing goals for the year that's going to have a deadline from from hr it's just yeah. like i guess maybe emails like an email from the ceo that might be important but there's not going to be a deadline right like i'm not going to get quizzed on it in a week from from my supervisor or the ceo is not going to bump me in the hall um but it even isn't quadrant 2 more strategic work it is it's and, planning it so the the thing that i was going to say when you said email i mean granted this is an old probably an older language but we'll in quadrant three and both quadrant three and quadrant four on this, it says some mail as an item, mm-hmm. right? Because as we said before, you know, and I'm going to say email is the same as mail. Sure. Right. So some emails are going to be, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess it's not important. Um, well, they're saying that all email is not important. But some are some are urgent and some are not urgent. Hmm. So I don't know. I mean, that's that's the toughest part that I have with it, Nick, is just the the because the biggest thing that the biggest weakness of this this strategy is the categorization of you know putting things in the right quadrant. Because if you don't get them in the right quadrant, then and you and I have identified that. That's hard. That's a little bit hard when you're starting to, when you're starting to drill down and when you're talking about a time management technique and you're taking three hours to, (laughs) to come up with which quadrant things go in. (laughs) Yes. Seems like that's not effective for time management. seems like that's, uh, (laughs) well, I wonder if somehow there's a way to pre-filter the, the things you try to put in those buckets. Um, I don't know what that would be. Maybe like a, like you were saying, specific to a project, right? Like you yeah. really, when you come down to it, you can only work on one thing at a time. Um, that you're one person doing with one set of eyeballs to focus things. So, yeah. What, what, maybe like a New Year's resolution theme, right? What's the one thing you're trying to achieve this year? Mm-hmm. Then filter through all of the tasks related to that. And maybe then try to categorize, okay, here's all the things I could do that's related to this goal. Mm-hmm. What, Which of it will actually help me achieve that goal? Those would be important. And then which of these things have a deadline? Either because there might be an, an opportunity for, for parts on sale that it's about to expire or, you know, whatever. I, it depends on the project, right? Depends yeah. on what you want to achieve, but. I think you don't really know what's important if you don't know what you want. Like if, if you don't have a destination. Yeah. Then I, I'm, so I'm not the, saying this at all, but it, it feels right. I, I need well, to importance to me seems, you know, time, time, the urgency seems more definitive. It seems because urgency many times is based on time. Mm-hmm. Whereas importance, as you said, is more of a value judgment, just like you said, just like you were just talking about is, and so maybe that's the, the, the key to it is if you're finding a hard time figuring out what's important and what's not, 
you need to go back to your task or go back to your goal and look at it and say, okay, this is my goal. Based on that being my goal, what's going to get me, what's going to move me more towards my goal out of these list of things? Even and when with without regard to time, just what's going to be what's going to make the most impact, and that would be the most important task to get done, right? And then maybe yeah. go down the list like that. But it's more values, like I said, it's more values based. It's more it's more goals specific. If that that's not that's better than values based, I'd say. Don't I think you think? That's right. Yeah, I think that's right. It seems to play out, and to touch a bit. I guess on the like the other thing we wanted to talk about, and I think we can just touch on it, and that'd be good. Would be time blocking. Yes, that that falls into that. Was it quadrant two? Mm-hmm. Where the important things that aren't urgent need to be scheduled. Yep. Um, I think I would say that if it's important at all, it needs to be scheduled, and that's where time blocking comes in, right? That, um. Part of, part of the reason I have trouble managing my time with to-do lists is because they're never ending. And, and there's that sprawl, right? You, you can always come up with more things you could do or that mm-hmm. need to be done. Um, but you can only do so much in a day. And when you're coming up with your to-do list, and even the to-do list in the example you were offering where you just list the things and you list the deadline if there is one, there's no assessment as to whether that task is going to take 30 minutes or three hours or three days or, you know, three weeks. And you got to recruit two people to help you. Um, but if you time block, you sort of have to answer that question or at least start to answer that question. Maybe you take a guess and say, you know what, I think I can get this done in 30 minutes. Yeah. I'm going to put it on my calendar for 30 minutes. And work on nothing but for that 30 minutes. Yeah. And if you're not done, you schedule another 30 minutes. And eventually, through just trial and error, right, you'll realize like, okay, this is going to take at least an hour and a half. I don't have an hour and a half today, so I'm going to block an hour here. Yeah. And and an hour, another 30 minutes tomorrow. Um, and find that ratio right of important and urgent to important and not urgent that you want to fill like the closer you are to management i would say the more time you need to spend on q2 the non-urgent but still important Uh, because the urgent stuff you can delegate and you've got a deadline to hold people to so the one people who aren't maybe as strategic in their thinking Mm-hmm. can focus on that deadline and plan to the deadline rather than to the importance. Yeah. Um, when I, I think that the thing that I've, I've time blocking has helped me the most in the past. I know I just talked like for 40 minutes about the matrix, but, um, <laughs> but not really the matrix, sorry, time management matrix, not the, not like Keanu Reeves, you know, and <laughs> we're all living in a matrix, you Whoa. know, <laughs> that's a totally different podcast. Um, yeah, we need to cover solipsism. I, I can never say it right. I think I got it, but yeah. So I guess what I was saying is time blocking for me, especially in the type of 
because being self-employed time blocking has helped me out a ton. And I'll tell you why I wear so many different hats. So I have to do bookkeeping for the, for the business and keep the, manage the business, the actual business. Then I have to actually do work, but I have multiple things that I do. So I do estate planning for people. I do financial planning for people. I do insurance work for people. I, so all of those things I've had in the past where I've blocked out my schedule and said, okay, every like twice, if I determine that I need to do bookkeeping in order to keep the books up to date and everything like that, I need to work for two hours a week. Then I'll just schedule in on my calendar, like, okay, an hour on Tuesday and an hour on Thursday morning. I I get, I, I just walk into the office, turn my computer on and I do all the bookkeeping. And if I get done earlier than that, then that's fine. But that's scheduled in there. And then I say, okay, now I've got to look at all the things on my list of estate plans that I'm working on or people's plans or meetings or other things like that, reviews that I'm doing. And so then I'll say, okay, I'm going to work for, I need to work for at least two hours or three hours a day on estate planning clients. And so I'll block that time out and I'll say, okay, from, you know, nine 30 to whatever, 1230, I'm going to go ahead and work on estate planning clients. And you can always shift that stuff around, but, um, and then same thing with financial that's, that's the point, right? Is being able to shift it around is you, you know what you've committed to. Yeah. And if something comes in to that's urgent and important, yeah, you can, you can fit that in, but then move whatever you just, um, had to move, right. You can yeah. still move it. Well, I just and, found that it was easy to put things into, bo- into buckets I won't say boxes. I'll put it into buckets because if let's say that in the morning I'm working on somebody's estate plan and I'm doing that work and I'm going through it. And then I get a call from a client that says, Hey, I need you to send me money from my account. Right. Yeah. I can say, great, I'll do that. And I, as, ter- and as far as the client goes, I'm doing it in- immediately, but I can say, yeah, I'll do that. But then I have three hours that afternoon that I have blocked out for financial planning things or financial clients. And so it, to me, it lets you off the hook a little bit. It always let me off the hook a little bit because I knew that I was going to have time to do, to mm-hmm. focus, really focus on just the tasks that I have in that bucket. And that's it. Right. And and it, it helped me not only to put things off like that, where I would say, I don't want to get distracted. Right now I'm working on estate planning. I don't want to get distracted by these other financial things. Uh, and it also allowed me when I was working on those, you know, that bucket to not feel guilty that I wasn't working on the other things. Cause I, a lot of times I've had in the past an experience of, uh, somewhat disruptive thinking in that I'll be working on something and then something will pop into my head and I'll think, Oh, I gotta, I'll just go do that real quick. And then I'll find, I've had a couple, I've had days throughout my career where, uh, I'll feel like I just got. I did 50 half jobs in the day, but I never yeah. completed anything. And and you lost track of yes. you know, half of them because you've you've stopped thinking about them for so long and yep. started thinking about other things so many times that you've you've buried that deep into well, your Well, and it's also you know how you know how when you get on a roll with something and then you and then all of a sudden you get distracted and then you get back to it and you're like, where was I? What was I doing? Like I felt I had good yeah. I had this good flow going. Well, you know? And the time blocking too, like if, if, even if you just do it daily, like the night before you, you plan out your day, um, 
And it, you can do that trick that Stephen Covey talked about that you mentioned earlier of showing the list to your supervisor saying, okay, when, where in that, would you like me to, to do that work? Yeah. You can show them your calendar. Like, here's my agenda for today. Do you want me to get started right away? And if so, what do I move? Yeah. Right. Or is it okay if I get started Tuesday and get done by the end of the week? Cause I, I have some things I need to finish up before that. Right. And you know that stuff because you have it right there for reference. Yes. Whereas yeah. when your boss storms in with some emergency and you don't have a plan or you're not, you don't, you're coming up with your plan piecemeal one after another. Yeah. And it comes in with some project or issue. You're like, Oh, I got to drop everything and do this. You don't even ask. You don't even think to ask, Hey, what, when do you need this by? <laughs> or, you know, um, yeah. So you just, you just, you don't, you either jump or you ask how high, but most yeah. of the time people just jump. Well, and it's interesting in your, in your line of work, at least what I've observed, and you can set me straight if I'm, if I'm wrong, but you, I feel like you're working on a bunch of different projects all the time. And so you've got multiple different projects with different teams. Some of those teams might overlap with, you know, people, members of those teams and things like that, but you've got multiple things going all the time. So uh, I know you guys deal with it a lot of times because you'll just have a meeting where it's like, Hey, we're meeting about this once a week or whatever that's that time frame is. And you're checking in and just moving the ball down the field. But, but the, uh, the thing is it, it does allow you to, you know, your supervisor or somebody else says, Hey, I need you to work on this. And you go, well, you know, I've got this going. Here's, here's what I'm doing. I'm working on these four other projects and I've already got time scheduled out for me to work on those today. And that's exactly what you said. It leads right into the question of, is this something that needs to be done right away? Or can I handle, cause I have that, I have working on that project scheduled for Tuesday. I've got a time block that I'm going to be working on that project and I will get that done on Tuesday. Unless you tell me right now, it has to be done sooner than that. And, uh, and so it, it gives you the ability to really, really, I guess, unlike the matrix, <laughs> the matrix. I keep saying that. That's <laughs> like, okay. Anyway, <laughs> unlike the matrix, we, uh, I feel like time blocking is much easier to, to drop things into different buckets and things like that. Now it doesn't address the urgency and the importance. I think that's something that's inherent in it is that you're, you know, but at the same time, you're breaking it down into much smaller groupings. And, yeah. and it seems easier to me, at least the times that I've used it in the past is much easier than the time management matrix or the Eisenhower matrix. So, well, and I've heard, an, I think I mentioned this to you before, but I've, I've heard an alternative to the Eisenhower matrix. I, I don't know that it has a name. If it does, and our listening audience knows, I would love to get an email about that. Um, help yourself at brynick.com, B-R-Y-N-I-C.com. The, the concept is, though, instead of important versus urgent, it is expectation versus ease. Um, so the ease is like level of effort, right? How easy yeah. or hard is it to do? And then expectation is um, how much pressure so it's kind of urgent, but it's also like expectation from your boss or your stakeholders. Like you, you get the sense that people who are important to you really want this. Right. It's not really a deadline per se, but you, you can tell it's important to them. 
uh, or you might even have a high expectation. Like you're really looking forward to whatever this is, or you really want to see this thing happen in the world. There's some expectation. Um, so I think it's, it's a bit more intuitive to, it's, it, for me personally, it's easier to describe something as having high or low expectation yeah. than, than it is to say whether something has high or low importance. Yes. I don't know if that's from my low, low judging, high perception personality type where I don't see things in black and white. I see things as a gradient. Yeah. It's hard for me to say this or that. Um, I see things on a spectrum. So just saying something has high expectation or decent expectation, I know to put more priority on it, you know? Yeah. And then also if, if I've got two things to choose from that both have high expectation, one's easier than the other. Well, all things being equal, I'm going to do the easy thing first. Yeah. Right. Like if, if the outcomes are, are roughly the same when they're delivered, um, if let's just say I've got two customers who are going to pay a hundred bucks for a plate of food, one's a McDonald's burger, the other's a steak. Um, I'm going to make the hamburger first. You know, I might get started on the steak since it takes a while. I'll let that, yeah. whatever, but, but I'm going to make sure I deliver and finish the hamburger first to get it out of the way and deliver the maximum amount of value for the, in the shortest amount of time with the least mm-hmm. amount of time. Um, yeah yeah so i, I, think, I, I like I that valuable but i I was just gonna say while you were saying that it's amazing that someone who sees things in a gradient and doesn't see things in black and white is on a you know philosophy podcast you know it's <laughs> <laughs> you're like i only see things in gradients and i don't see it's really hard for me to come up with black and white it's like yeah food and philosophy with brian and nick yeah that's exactly <laughs> we're doing this <laughs> exploring ideas not right. making any decisions just right exactly <laughs> no but i mean what i was going to say though about that is it, i i like the idea of being able to say hey i can get this job done super easy it's like for me it's super easy I, and actually i'll even go a little bit further sometimes i do jobs that are very impressive to other people yeah. But was very were very easy to me, for me to do. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I try to do that. I try to maximize those things. I try to do things that are easy for me to do, but very impressive for clients and other things like that. And not just not in a fake way, but like in a way yeah, that they look at. Advantage. That, yeah. Right? And, your competitive advantage, yeah. And so, you know, that I'll, I'll say that's almost like what you said, the expectation when somebody mm-hmm. hires me expectation, I mean, really expectation is always like, Hey, I want somebody who's going to be professional and pre- present professional work. Oops. And if I, if I can, <laughs> what's that? Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, to be professional and do professional work. Yeah. Yeah. And if I, if I can, if I can do something that makes my look, my work look even more professional to the client, but it doesn't take me much effort to do that, then I'm going to do that. Because mm-hmm. their expectation, then all of a sudden you have clients who are, their mind is blown because they're like, wow, this is awesome. And you're like, took me three minutes to do that. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't say that of course, but you know, but that, that, I think that's everyone you, you, you want to, you want to, the people who you're presenting your work to, you want them to be impressed with your work and appreciate your work. And part of the way that you get them to appreciate your work is you obviously have to do the work, but then also 
maybe making it look it's it's sort of like actually you I've talked to you about this before. The stuff that you do on Tableau like blows my mind. It tableaus your mind. It tableaus. <laughs> Man, it tableaus my mind. <laughs> well, the, no, the stuff that you're able to do that is just Okay, here. Now put all you have to do, Brian, is just put these numbers in this spreadsheet. And then here's what it spits out. This awesome looking like you know, graphs and charts and pie charts and all this stuff. And you're like, you know, you're schooled in that tool, uh, you know, of being able to do that. So to me, it's like super impressive because I couldn't do it. Right. And I'm not saying it takes you only a couple of minutes, but it, it, you know, certain, probably certain easy, simple things like easy ones to do, you probably can throw together a quick one, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, because you're, because you're, you're used to using that tool. And so it's that kind of thing. I 100% agree. Um, the I would like to cite my source. I was going to say sources. Uh-huh. But, you, know, you you referenced the seven habits of highly effective people. Yeah. Uh, I like a lot of my ideas on time blocking and, and where I got the idea on that alternative Eisenhower matrix of ease versus expectation and being honest with time. Um, is from the audio book is work clean, mm. but the, the ebook or Kindle version is everything in its place. And what it is, is just, a, it's like a productivity book, except that what he's done is he's taking all of the lessons learned from, from the chaotic environment of, of five-star kitchens and cooks mm-hmm. and chefs yeah, and how they've made order from all that chaos to, to deliver and take in the principles and found ways to apply them to the office environment or into knowledge work, personal work. Um, so there's like a whole chapter devoted to some anecdote about somebody learning to be a cook and a chef, but then there's takeaways and, you know, things that could be learned from the story yeah. as well as, you know, step-by-step guides on how to make this, pattern of reality in your life. Um, one of those being like the value of time blocking and uh, getting started on a long project, at least just making first moves. That's another one. If you've got that steak to prepare, yeah, it takes a while to cook, at least get it started while you take care of the other items, you know, just, just let it kind of cook in the background, you know, yeah. back burners versus front burners, all kinds of great stuff. But I would say that being honest with time is one of the core concepts and when you make a to-do list, you're not honest with time. That that one thing that looks like that the one thing that would take five hours yeah. is just after the thing that would take ten minutes, and there's not anything differentiating them. You, you don't really see that unless you write it down and think it through. Yeah. But if you put it on a calendar, not only do you see it, you you've put the amount of time you expected to take there, and it's visually bigger if it takes more time. And it's visually smaller if it takes less. So, well, that's awesome. Yeah. I think that we have uh, managed our time well for today on today's podcast. Yeah, and I, uh, I hope that it helps someone out there. Maybe they, uh, maybe they'll look up one of these things and start using these one of these tools in their life, and then they'll say, you know, thank you to Brian and Nick for everything that I ever had and everything I ever did. You know. <laughs> I think I think they would say thank you to Nick and Brian, but you know, <laughs> it's 
it's fine. I'm, I'm sure we only we do that. We only do it that way. It's alphabet. It's just alphabetical order. It's not. It's not because I prefer to be. Oh, for- you're the alpha and I'm the bedic. Okay, got it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm, you might say I'm beta like. Yeah, because if if anybody that knows me is like how they would describe me, definitely Brian is an alpha male. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as you said, you know this this was some food for thought, and I'm Nick, and I'm Brian, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Help Yourself, you can follow on Instagram at helpyourselfthepodcast. And to contact Brian and Nick, email helpyourself at briannick.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.